Hello and welcome to episode two of the Gear Chick podcast. My name is Joanne. You might know me from another podcast I do called Motorific, and then you also hopefully have found me from GearChick.com, and you might have even met me in person in Philadelphia at the Revzilla Philadelphia showroom, where I sell gear and talk about this all day long. This is just stuff that comes up. Excuse me. These are uh, questions and topics of discussion that come up every day when I'm talking to anyone who walks through the door or people on email or on social media who want to know more about motorcycle gear. And now I realize that no one really is talking about motorcycle gear, not solely. I mean, you can find, uh, you know, lots of articles and you can find podcasts about motorcycling and all aspects of motorcycling, right? Adventure riding, track days, racing podcasts, um, cruising, traveling, but there's nothing about gear. So I'm going to bring you another episode, <laughs> this time by myself, about gear. And this topic, we're going to, I'm going to give you kind of a rough, just a broad stroke overview of leather and textile gear. There are a thousand different things that I could talk about and deep dive into, like textile fabrication and blah, blah, blah. But for this episode, I want to keep it a little more higher level, especially for those of you who are new to the world of gear, because maybe A, you're a brand new rider and you just uh, were born yesterday and you took your motorcycle class. So your first day of motorcycling starts now and you have to go buy gear and you're not sure what you should do or kind of where to start. But you also might be in the other boat where you've maybe been out here for a while. You've been riding for years or you've been riding for months or weeks and you just haven't decided to make that jump to wear protective gear. And instead you're still wearing kind of your casual clothes and what you may have already worn in your motorcycle safety class or maybe what a friend might have told you to wear or your motorcycle salesperson might have told you, but you haven't really decided to take that jump into either a leather uh, riding suit or a textile riding suit. And now you're trying to balance or maybe you're trying to figure out which way do I go? Do I take door number A and do I do a leather suit? Like, because everyone says it's the most protection or do I do a textile suit and door number two and uh, which is better for me? Now, you'll also often hear people tell you that leather is better than textile, period. And I would say that many years ago, that was probably the case 10, 20, 30 years ago, because options back then were far more limited in what you could get. And when you watch classic movies like Take It to the Limit from Peter Starr or, or On Any Sunday, any of these, well, I guess older, not sorry, classic, but just movies that were made before the advent of modern technologies and the adaptation of advanced technical sportswear uh, into the motorcycle world. Now we have so many options, but that now that black line is turning gray. And I would say that there are going to be many situations where you will find really amazing textiles outperform even some leather. Now that is going to totally differ based on the brand that where that product is coming from, who's making it, what are they making, what are they doing to it? Who's making it? Are, you know, how is the construction? What kind of leather? Blah, blah, blah. But the general argument of leather versus textile, um, 
certainly comes from, I'd say, the racing side. When you're looking at motorcycle racing, you're looking at even amateur motorcycle racing. There's a reason why many people who ride on the track, like myself, or race competitively, they wear one-piece leather race suits, and they offer the most protection in the environments of a track riding uh, place, whether it's, well, certainly more on a competitive level. If you're competing hard or you're riding a lot at the track because that's where you like to ride and you don't ride on the street, so you need the best that you can get for your track day riding so that you're the most protected. One-piece race and track suits are made of leather because they perform the best and they protect our bodies the most and they prevent and minimize the risk of injuries in many cases. They um, help us be safe on the racetrack in addition to our boots and our gloves and our helmets. So, yes, I would say that for the ultimate protection, a one-piece tracksuit can be your best friend. However, you also have to take into consideration, I think, the kind of riding that you're doing because we also have to be really honest in that it is not realistic. And yes, in a perfect world, Everybody would be draped head to toe in a beautiful one-piece, maybe Dine's or Alpenstar's leather tracksuit and have an ultimate bubble of protection. But let's be realistic here. Um, One, the options aren't available on the market to dress everybody in such an outfit. There are a lot of options, but there aren't enough options in leather. Number two, not everybody wants leather. Some people are more comfortable in textiles and our human preferences and opinions about gear and what we want on our bodies varies dramatically. And that's where the leather versus textile debate has to also um, incorporate you as a rider. And, and what do you want? Because you have choices and you can't make a broad stroke across every single motorcycle accident say and say oh if they were wearing leather they would have been fine not when your body is thrown from your vehicle and you have massive trauma to your body like maybe your chest hits an object or um you know your body itself is impacted in a way that no matter what you wore you would have still been severely injured or or worse died because the gear wouldn't have saved you. It's the fact that you're riding a motorcycle. And so we are riding and doing very risky things because motorcycles are dangerous, right? That's an inherent opinion, I'd say, or a common opinion. And if you ask anyone, is motorcycling safe? Not really. There's a reason why not everybody chooses to do it. Certainly that varies greatly with the culture we live in because you see hundreds of thousands of people riding motorcycles and scooters, for example, in many Southeast Asian countries, and there's they're not really wearing gear, and although some of them are slowly adapting to ha- having um, helmet laws in place. But for the practical, I'm talking about the practical, um, everyday motorcyclist that, at least here in the, the way that we ride in the United States, it's very different. And the, and our needs are very different from the needs of others in other countries and other cities and other cultures. So I'm not going to address that at all because that those are different situations. And, and I really want to talk to those of you who are, maybe you live in Philadelphia, you live in, I don't know, in Chicago, you live in a small town and you want to use your motorcycle to either 
travel and have fun or get to work because it's way more fuel efficient and you can get to work faster in the HOV lane. I, I don't know. So as you are trying to navigate the differences between the two, I do want you to know that you can't judge every kind of leather against every kind of textile. Then you would be saying things about casual uh, leather wear. Say you go to the mall. I always use this mall example as mall wear. You walk into a Macy's or a Nordstrom or a department store and you find this beautiful ultralight buttery soft leather jacket that looks gorgeous on. You stand in front of the mirror and you look so good you have to buy it because it's it looks great on your body. It seems to fit great as you're standing in front of the mirror and kind of turning around and looking at yourself but has absolutely nothing to do with riding a motorcycle and it, it has nothing to do with keeping your body protected in case you uh, slide down the highway or you impact at a lower high speed it has nothing to do with riding. And I would absolutely put my life in a high-end performance textile or any perform, most, I would say most, not all, but many performance motorcycle textiles up against a pain, uh, useless, you know, 0.2 millimeter, 0.1 millimeter calfskin leather or whatever lambskin jacket in an ultra fancy uh, mall because no other thought has been given to how will that leather actually perform and how is that seam constructed? How is this jacket put together so that this jacket stays on my body, holds together in place of my skin, that this jacket and pant will perform as my skin? That would never, I would say I, I would gamble my life that, um, you know, my riding textiles would outperform a mall weight leather like that. So now we have to dive in further and now look at motorcycle specific leather. And the way that that particular company or brand is making leather, because there's a very, there's a wide variance of, you know, where one brand might get their leather and where they're going to source their cows from where another company might source their cows for a very different type of use because different leathers have different properties and they perform differently and they're meant for different uh, manufacturing techniques, that sort of thing. So you have to look at motorcycle-specific leather. And on top of that, now you really have to get into, okay, well, is this brand even creating a performance-based motorcycle leather that does take into consideration things like seam strength, abrasion resistance. Um, what are they? Where? How is this leather going to hold up in terms of abrasion? Will it really hold up the time that I need it to? Will it stay together? Are these seams constructed in a way that my jacket's not just going to blow open at the seams as soon as I hit the ground or as soon as something happens, and the materials are pulled apart in opposite directions? Um, is there body armor in this leather, in this quote, motorcycle leather jacket? Because now everything is defined as a motorcycle jacket. Walk into any department store and you will find racks and racks of quote, motorcycle jackets, but they have nothing to do with our bodies in, in the form of protection and impact. Let's be really honest here. We're trying to 
minimize the risk of injury because our risks of injury are much higher than anyone else who isn't riding a motorcycle because we're riding motorcycles and they're dangerous. So there's that you have to also look at. And so you want to avoid your any anywhere you've been shopping in your traditional closet. You need to get step away from that and keep let them, you know, provide you with the beautiful, soft, uh, casual clothes that you're used to and let them do what they do best, which is keep you from being naked. You need to switch gears and go to the other side of the room and focus on motorcycle apparel and motorcycle brands. And you want to ask these questions. What are you doing to help keep my body safe? Are you providing body armor options? If you're not going to give me armor, are you at least going to give me the choice to add it? Or are you going to take that choice away from me? This is something that is a really big pet peeve of mine. If you're going to make a motorcycle garment to protect people while they ride motorcycles, again, I say, if you are making motorcycle apparel to protect people when they are riding motorcycles, then it is your job to put together options to protect that person, which is body armor, which is seam construction, materials that aren't going to tear or braid quickly, um, different leather than what you would select to just drape your naked body. Those are things that you want to look at when you're when you're evaluating a brand to put, to give your money to in exchange for protecting your body. Those are just some of the things you want to look at. Now, there's also the big question of, well, what should I do? Should I do leather or should I do textile? And I would say the same kind of evaluation needs to be made with textile. Example. When I started riding a scooter back in 2003, that was my first introduction to the two-wheel lifestyle. And I wore uh, actually good motorcycle gloves. I bought a pair of $90 Dionese leather gloves, and I couldn't believe I did it, but I, I had to. They fit so well. They were so comfortable on my scooter. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to the cheap $40 gloves. And then I had my HJC starter helmet, the classic CL14. Now it's a CL17. So three generations later, they're still making that helmet. Those were my two motorcycle-specific garments. Everything else I wore on my scooter was casual. I wore hiking boots. Sometimes I wore Doc Martens. Um, sometimes sneakers. But most of the time, I tried to at least wear something fully covered. I never wore flip-flops. I never wore high heels or flats. I always wore at least a full shoe or boot. Jeans, just plain old jeans. Or, or, or if I was wearing slacks to work, I wore slacks. I didn't wear any overwear or anything, which is now terrifying to me. And then I had on, I would wear, depending on my mood, my ski jacket if it was really cold or raining. I did buy a Vanson textile men's jacket, a unisex one back then, because I thought it would be great to have protection. And it was on sale and it was pretty cool. It was black. It actually was vented. I still have it in my basement somewhere. I probably should give it to somebody. Um, and I did wear that time to time, but I didn't wear it every day religiously. So I would go back and forth between a different outer coats, you know, outerwear in my closet. And I didn't always wear, um, you know, my Vanson and it didn't even have a back protector. I got, I think I waited a while. Shoot. I think I waited like six months before I even, um, added body armor to that jacket because the Vansons came armorless and you could add your own. I think I waited even God. Uh, so I wasn't even wearing armored gear on my scooter and I wore just casual things because I mean I didn't know any better honestly 
when I bought my scooter, no one explained to me like, hey, you might want to look at some real gear. You might want to consider some riding boots and maybe a riding jacket and maybe, well, by that time, at that time, there really weren't riding jeans for women, let's be honest. Um, but I just wore like rain pants and I mean, really back then the options were just so limited that I couldn't have really chosen the wardrobe that I wanted. But um, at, at the time, I didn't really even make that choice. But back then, that's all I had. So that's actually another point. If you're, you know, if you're riding something simple like a scooter, there's also the question, do I even need any protection? And yes. And I would say that the majority of folks usually use textiles because they're less expensive, they're lightweight, a little easier to wear, or they'll do casual leather styles, not mall leather, but like a Roland Sands, you know, jacket or a um, first manufacturing style leather jacket that has some armor options or anything like that. Um, but making that choice is, is challenging. So I would say nowadays, most of your performance leather and Really, when I say performance leather, I mean protective leather garments include that have body armor and have all these features for safety that I mentioned earlier that most people are choosing textiles because leathers are more expensive. They're cost prohibitive in the beginning. It's harder to justify that kind of purchase when you've already purchased so much. So textiles are always easier to wear. They're, they're more accessible. They're more comfortable. They're more affordable. Like I said, they've come a long way. Um, when you're choosing between the two, you also have to consider kind of the seasonality. So for example, if you're riding when it's 90 degrees with 90% humidity, like it is here in Philadelphia sometimes, wearing leather is very challenging. And wearing leather is something that really only works for, I'd say, a handful of people who, who have a high tolerance for heat, who are comfortable sweating a little more than maybe others might, who are okay being hot and versus folks who cannot be hot and are not comfortable at all to where it's a distraction, to where it could compromise your safety. So textiles are easier also for many people whose comfort level just isn't there yet. And it's reasonable to start out with textile and have some have protection. You will be protected. You know, when we're looking at the different levels, there's different levels that are appropriate for your style of riding. Example, if you buy the lightest mesh jacket you can possibly find it has the most see-throughness that's kind of the best way I can describe it where you can literally see through the whole jacket when it maximizes that kind of um, mesh and 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 weight wise you can tell it's just very light that tells you a lot about how much protection that might offer you at say highway speed going 75 miles an hour down the freeway, how much is that really going to offer you? Um, will it offer you enough to go down the street and maybe go get a donut at Dunkin' Donuts and uh, stop for a coffee there? Sure. Your risk level is much lower than, say, me going on the freeway at 75 miles an hour for an hour. Your 10-minute ride is really more about the body armor and your elbows and your knees and your sh shoulders and your back in your hand coverage, in your ankle protection is probably going to really come into play more. And the likelihood of needing something with incredible abrasion resistance at 15 mile an hour down your neighborhood, because when we're driving through neighborhoods where kids are playing and people are walking, our you know, natural residential speed limits are supposed to be 15 to 25. 
and people are supposed to be traveling at a lower rate of speed. So kind of generally speaking, that would be more appropriate. So you also have to consider what am I doing? What am I going to do with this garment? Is it really going to protect me for the riding that I'm doing? Because that would also vary greatly for someone else in a different situation. So again, textiles really vary depending on the user, depending on the riding environment and the type of riding. Um, I have seen people wearing one piece aerostitch suits. If you're not familiar with aerostitch, it's it's the um, the go-to one piece suit. They, they, the quality is really great. The prices are high, but that's because they do a really nice job to provide um, like altered and fitted suits, one and two piece suits for men and women. And it's all made in, I think, Minnesota and it's all, you know, all made in the United States. So it's going to cost you a little more money, but they last forever and they can really take a beating and they can really crash hard. They work very well. Um, but that's a little bit of a heavier suit. So that, that may not work for someone in 90% humidity, uh, when it's 90 degrees out to go two miles, you know, it's, there's so much you have to factor in as far as what am what do I what is going to work for me what's realistic for the riding that I'm doing and you know how how far in should I dive in should I go into the deep end or should I just kind of get my toes wet and that's also going to depend a lot on your ability to afford it because we all know you get what you pay for when it comes to motorcycle gear it's just the truth of of gear so you know, leather versus textile, there's no easy answer. And I would say the first thing you want to try to consider and write down is, what do I want my gear to do beyond the protective factor? Because you're going to shop in protective gear. So with armor and protection. So leave that aside and think about what weather do I want this garment to work? Do I want something that will vent? Am I hot and sweaty all the time? Do I need something that can give me more airflow than um, than another jacket? Do I like it longer? Do I want it shorter? Do I want my fit to be tapered? Do I want my fit to be looser? What are my preferences in that regard? And then that'll help you kind of identify options based on that. Now, it's it. there's a lot of options. So in a sense, when you're trying to shop for gear, you kind of have to be your own gear chick or gear dude. And that's really challenging because you don't have experience uh selling gear to people you don't have experience with all these brands and you're not familiar immediately with everything so you have to navigate and that's what you know like our my company Revzilla does really well is to help you navigate but even after that there's still so much to know and so much to figure out so I hope these podcasts will help you with that but I hope you won't rule out textile for any reason just because someone told you something um there are many, many options, and I'm going to advocate hard for textiles because they do a tremendous jobs. There are brands like Scholler, S-C-H-O-E-L-L-E-R, and they manufacture a wide range of incredible textiles that can outperform many, many casual leathers in terms of abrasion and strength. They make a really cool fabric called Superfabric. Or sorry, that's another brand called Superfabric. Um, but all these different companies like Scholler and Superfabric are making these products to to incorporate to textiles uh, with textiles that manufacturers are motorcycle manufacturers are utilizing to give you a strong textile garment. And depending on that brand, depending on who's making it and how they're making it, that'll also tell you a lot as far as how much am I going to get out of this and how do I choose? Um, 
balancing, you know, which should I do and how much should I spend, that's another issue. Certainly, if you have unlimited funds, then you are one of the lucky few who can pretty much buy whatever protection you need. But it is hard to find more protection at lower value. I would say that there are um, a lot of options that can give you, I would say, head-to-toe protect, like jacket, pant protection for certainly less than $1,000. And I'd say certainly less for $500. I would say at the very minimum, try to carve out at least $400 minimum for a jacket-pant combo that will that will at least work for you well for the one time that you need it. And I would say that with textiles, a lot of the times they're, they're built to work once very well. And then you, it gets compromised in places that you can't fix or that, that can't be reused again. Um, and then you have to buy a new suit. So it 400 is, I'd say for Dragon Pan, where you to start is if you can, we're talking MSRP, like, you know, full price diamonds, but I could outfit anyone for $400 and pretty much I can help you find some light mesh textiles that aren't rock bottom, what I call rock bottom mesh, but mesh that would work sufficiently for, um, you know, your touring or sport touring riding or casual riding. So you don't have to spend an arm and a leg. And, but if you can, absolutely, you'll end up getting a little more, but then you know, certainly then you're probably wondering, well, what about this lower price brand that offers leather? Isn't that going to offer more protection than this higher premium brand at their textile? Maybe. It depends, again, depends on all these factors. I can't definitively say yes or no to either. That's where you're going to have to evaluate your brand, your brand choices, and really think about what are they really doing for me? What are they offering me? Are they offering me anything? Are they offering me more than the bare minimum of keeping me from being naked. And you have to consider more than that. So once that job is done, then what are those other factors? So think about those other factors that I mentioned earlier, you know, the brand, the reputation, um, who are they? What do they say about themselves? What do other people say about themselves? Google's your best friend here. Google says, Google tells you everything. You can ask your, you know, um, uh, sound device, I won't say her name, and you can say, hey, so-and-so, you know, can you tell me about this brand or can you search this? So Google's your best friend. It, do some Googling if you're not sure. I mean, put in a question, literally put in a question that you want to know the answer to. And, you know, something like, should I buy this motorcycle jacket from company X? And then you'll probably get a ton of results from Facebook posts or Instagram posts or um, forums, motorcycle forums. You'll just find a lot of answers that way. And that'll also probably help you navigate. So I know, <laughs> sorry, there's not an easy answer to how do I choose? But I hope that some of the things I threw at you will help you filter and choose. And as always, I'm here if you're trying to filter that down a little bit quicker and easier without having to do all this homework. I certainly enjoy answering questions online and on social media. So please post something on my Facebook page. You can find me anywhere and everywhere. Um, with my handle gear chick, no K. Uh, if you see one with a K, it's not me. I'm the gear chick with a C and I'm probably the only one really. I've only seen one, a couple other women using K and it's completely different industry, not motorcycling. Um, but if there's a K, that's not me. It's G E A R C H I C. So that's all the time I have for you in this 
second episode, but I hope that helps you a little bit. I'll go into a kind of a deeper dive maybe in other episodes and maybe jump into a specific brand and maybe dissect the brand down or I don't know, just to give you more clarity, please send in any questions or um, email, excuse me, any questions you have or post any questions um, and or, or ideas for topics or anything like that you want to hear more about. But I hope this helps some of you who are trying to navigate the world of leather and textile motorcycle gear in terms of making the best choice for you. So that's it for now, but I hope to be back with you soon. I'm going to be traveling a little bit again in September for the Women's Sport Bike Rally, September 7th to 9th for all the women out there who love sport bikes and the uh, persons in their lives who support them also are also welcome to join. Um, so I'm going to be there in September and then August I'm just going to be trying to get caught up on things. So that's it for now. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time. <laughs>